I honestly think while Patrick Peterson makes his defense better, he makes Justin Jefferson better also. I think he's so versatile that you can put him on any position on the field and he's gonna make everyone better. I told Mike that come here and help him win. I mean, whether it's working with any levels of the defense, a scheme, um, a scheme, a situational, whatever it may be that I can help out the team win, that's what I'm here to do. Yo, what is going on, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 84 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I have to say, as we begin this show on this fine Thursday morning, March 18th, it's a happy free agency show that we have already recorded. Uh, We actually recorded this show yesterday, uh, Wednesday, the 17th, and we got some fun and exciting news uh, that happened on Wednesday night as the Vikings had a report that they signed cornerback Patrick Peterson. So for that, we re-record today on this Thursday morning, this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm super excited, guys. And with that, I bring in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, along with Jay Nelson. And I'm starting it off. I'm throwing it to Gabe right away. I am so excited. I have to throw it out there. Patrick Peterson has been one of my favorite players outside of the Vikings, in the NFL. Like, I just love everything about him. I love his mindset. I love the the personality that he brings out on the field. I I just love everything about him. He's a longer corner. He's the perfect player for Mike Zimmer. And when you you have a reported one-year contract for him to come in and play his heart out, how much more excited could you be being a member of this organization right now, Gabe. Yeah, I think the excitement level is at an all-time high. And um, I was listening to PA this morning, and he was saying his trusted sources says that Mike Zimmer is ecstatic and over the roof about this Patrick Peterson signing. And we know Mike Zimmer doesn't get excited about a lot of things. So if your head coach is excited, I think everyone in the organization should be also. And Patrick Peterson, I mean, I've been a fan of his since his days at LSU. Um, you know, when he was up for, I mean, he was up for Heisman his sophomore year in, of, of college. And of course, he didn't win that war, but just seeing his career, um, you know, progress from his 10 years in Arizona, dude, like th- this guy, he, he's a do it all corner. I mean, many people might say, okay, can he still make plays? And I think last year shows that he can still make plays. Like he has not missed a game in his entire career. Well, he missed six games in 2019, but that was because, because of a suspension. So he hasn't missed a game in his entire 10-year career due to injury. So the guy is available. He's an all-pro. I mean, we're talking Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer with this guy. And the fact that we got him on the Vikings, yeah, Vikings fans should be excited. 27 years old. He played all 16 games last year. He's a, what, eight-time Pro Bowler, all-pro? I mean, not every day do the Vikings bring in an eight-time Pro Bowler at one of the positions that we greatly needed it most. I think yesterday I was going off to you guys before the show about the fact that we needed to bring in some sort of veteran cornerback. Like, that's what we needed to do. There's so much young talent on this team. And if you don't think this guy's going to come into that room and be an absolute leader for a Jeff Gladney, for a Cameron Dantzler, all these young guys that really need someone to look up to and someone to say, hey, this guy does it right, I mean, I couldn't be more I, – I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I love this guy. Everything he does on and off the field, um, I, I've heard stories about him with the Arizona Cardinals. Like, I just love everything he represents. So uh, we're going to get into that 
so much more along with the other 10 or so moves that the Vikings made in the first day of free agency. Um, This is the free agency intro episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And with that, we have an awesome guest later on in the show. It's Paul Gunther, who is the Vikings senior defensive assistant. Uh, He goes back a long time with the Zimmer family, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, and and really coming up as a young coach in the NFL under Mike Zimmer. So uh, just an awesome guest to kind of go over some of the the additions that have been made on the defensive side of the ball and kind of how it's been adjusting to the Minnesota life his first couple weeks here in the Twin Cities. So really fun episode. We get to recap all of the NFL moves that have been made, which is pretty much highlighted by the New England Patriots later on in the show. So uh, really exciting episode. And and with that, let's start breaking down the moves, guys. Like I I just there's so many moves that have been made that I just want to hear every single uh, breakdown from an X's and O's standpoint uh, to Jay bringing the history lessons uh, from from being with the Vikings for so long. Uh, and and actually, that brings up one more point. Before we get into all the story, all the storylines that the Vikings made the first day of free agency, I want Jay to give us his best memory in his 14 or so years working for the Vikings. What is your best memory of the first day? or first couple days of free agency with the Minnesota Vikings. It's a little bit of free agency, but it's also more of a trade side. And it was, for me, it was when uh, Jared Allen uh, came in here and just remembering kind of the juice that that brought right before the draft happened. Yeah, we gave up a bunch of picks, and we, we but we all know what that meant to this organization, especially defensively. Um, pairing him with Ray Edwards and the Williams wall and, and just having that that leadership and that vibrance and the giant smile, but that wily smile come in and knowing the amount of energy and juice that brought to this organization, being able to see big names like that. And that's where you can see, you know, the potential here for a Patrick Peterson, what he would mean to that secondary room. So being able to have big name guys walk in the doors here and, and hopefully buy into the culture, put their, their, their thumbprint on what, a scheme like Mike Zimmer wants to run and be able to teach those young guys and hopefully expedite that. Um, being able to see guys like a Jared Allen or a Patrick Peterson walk in this door, those are really fun. And and that's why, uh, you know, all 32 teams at this point feel like they have a shot for the Super Bowl. And being able to add big name talent like that just expedites it. So I'm, it's fun. I love this time of year. It's always the beginning of the new year. The feeling like the new league year is kicking in between this and the draft, and and uh, it's fun to to see these kind of moves happening. And let alone the other uh, moves we've made so far on defense. Jared Allen brings in that kind of big name, just a big name guy who came from a team where he, I think he like led the NFL in sacks the year before. I mean, that's the kind of effect that a Patrick Peterson has on a young Vikings defense. And we're going to start going through the list here. I am so excited about the additions that the Vikings have made to the defensive side of the ball on the first day of free agency. And you take into account that you return or most likely return a Daniil Hunter and a Michael Pierce, who were supposed to be big time parts of this defense last year. One went down with an injury. One decided not to play due to COVID. So, I mean, this Vikings defense is returning so many players, including an Eric Hendricks who was injured uh, towards the second half of last season. So, man, I'm so excited. So let's start breaking these down. We'll start off first with a player who we covered last week, Stephen Weatherly, 
That is an addition to this Vikings defense. After his one year with the Carolina Panthers, uh, he comes back to the Minnesota Vikings on a reported one-year deal. Uh, Gabe, what does this bring to the defense to have another pass rusher who previously spent four years in Minnesota? Yeah, I think it brings uh, veteran leadership. Uh, we know that room was very young last year without Daniel Hunter and Michael Pierce. So having a guy like Stephen Weatherly back who knows the defense, understands Coach Patterson, understands how to lead, um, I think that's huge. Um, when I talked to Stephen Weatherly, I believe it was last week, um, I asked him, like, you know, what did you learn in Carolina that you can bring back here? I mean, we know he was on a two-year deal in Carolina that, you know, that last year got voided, which was supposed to be this year. And his response to my question was, you know, I learned leadership. Like he, he knew how to be a leader, but he didn't really understand the leadership qualities that it took for people to follow you, that he, um, which is something that he learned in Carolina. And bringing that back here, I think that's only going to make that room better. Um, he said he learned some new, some new uh, swim moves and some new pass rush techniques also. So I, I think that helps. And he, I mean, we know his relationship with, with Daniil and, uh, BC Johnson and Adam Thielen, they all have the same agent and you know just that camaraderie like those are those are things those are intangibles that you can't teach and Stephen Weatherly he, he's the he's the total package when it comes to the ultimate teammate and I think that ultimately makes this this entire team better one of the most uh outrageous people <laughs> outside of football uh, and one of the most entertaining guys in the locker room I heard he's pretty good with the Rubik's Cube as well so uh, he brings a lot of talents back to the Twin Cities. Uh, looking at another addition, it's a new addition, a player that we'll cover later on in the show with uh, Vikings D senior defensive assistant Paul Gunther, uh, linebacker Nick Vigil from the L.A. Chargers. He was actually a third-round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2016, so that means Paul Gunther took part in drafting him and getting him in the building over there. Uh, he was a starter for those guys. Uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals, a change in the coaching staff resulted in him kind of losing his role. Uh, and then he goes over to the Chargers, where he was a total impact player last year. Only started two games, but played 15, a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, a pass deflection, two sacks, and 50 combined tackles, add on three tackles for losses. So, Jay, this guy, I mean, he only started two games last year, and he made a pretty big impact on the Chargers defense last season. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it just showed the fact that Gunther, you'll hear coming up here kind of singing his praises of what they really liked about him in Cincinnati. The season before in Cincinnati, he was a starter, and he definitely had a bigger role and a bigger impact than he did with the Chargers last year. But it kind of felt like, like you said here, he started two games, but he played 15. He was kind of one of those those fill-in roles, but he also played a bunch of special teams too. So a lot of these these numbers here are, are pieces from the, his kind of normal playing, but at the same point, he also had a big role in special teams. So I think, you know, with the uncertainty going on currently with Wilson uh, and our linebacker core just last year getting a little thin due to injuries, I think bringing in a, a, a wily veteran like Nick Vigil at this point, who's got some some run in this league, is going to be helpful not only from a, a senior leadership position, but just from a production side. And I think he's going to be a, a welcomed addition here when they start to plug him in with some of these other guys that are getting a, a more healthy and um, signing some, some more deals. So hopefully um, this stuff is going to shake out a little bit more here in the linebacker group and having a guy like him jump in the room is going to be helpful. Jay, I'm surprised you didn't bring up some of his off the field activities. Uh, Nick, I mean, we all we all know he he grew up and wanted to be a, a, a he thought he was going to be a professional bull rider. He still owns horses and 
Minnesota's a big place to hunt, like in Rochester and Lanesboro. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll fit in that way, right? Yeah, there's definitely guys in this team who are willing to take him out for a hunt on a weekend if he's got a little time off on a Saturday. So, like I said, you know, he's he's he. There's a lot of blaze orange running through the state, especially around uh, deer season and hunting season. And I know that there's been some different groups over the years. Uh, a lot of players have gone through and actually something they've never done before. And there's been a bunch of groups here locally that have been willing to take him out for different kind of shoots and hunts. And so, if uh, he's looking for that kind of stuff, he's definitely come to the right state. And I think he'll definitely be able to find a, a way to blow off some steam here on the weekends for himself. I know, Gabe, he has some connections to the Washington football team that you yeah. were previously with. Yeah, his brother, uh, Zach, played for the Washington football team in 18 and 19, both of the years that I was there. And I built a good relationship with him and some of those guys. And, I mean, on Nick on Nick's Instagram, I think it was like a week ago now, I mean, he's out in Texas hunting deer with, uh, like, Matt Ioannidis, Will Compton, who is a, a notable name around the league. And, Plenty of other guys, so the connections are there, and I'm excited to see what what Nick can bring up here. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of connection between uh, Will Compton, who knows Kirk Cousins, and then you know that that mutual friendship there. So it'll be interesting. I think Nick Nick will be a good locker room guy. I think he's going to be a pretty good linebacker, to say the least. So uh, very excited to see what he brings to the special teams unit, along with some depth at linebacker, which is something that we desperately needed last season. On to the next addition to the defense, probably the second most exciting move the Vikings made, and I'm, I mean, I, I literally cannot get my words out because I'm so excited about this move. Defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants. Run defense was where we really struggled last year, and when you bring in a Dalvin Tomlinson who started in 16 games each of his first four seasons with the New York Giants. He's a durable guy. He's a guy that can play a lot of snaps. And he's a guy who comes in and completely solidifies uh, the middle of that defense alongside Michael Pierce, who we didn't have last year. I'm just going to run through his stats really quick. 3.5 sacks at the three-technique position, 40 combined tackles, eight tackles for loss, which is a huge stat at that position as well, and 10 quarterback hits. So, Gabe, from an X's and O's standpoint, what does Dalvin Tomlinson bring to this defensive line? I think he brings a type of physicality that the Vikings haven't seen. Well, I'll put it this way, that the Vikings missed last year. Um, while he can clog up the middle, he can also – push your center back to your quarterback. I mean, if you, if you watch film or if you follow Ben Lieber on Twitter, you, you saw him post a video of, of, of Dalvin Tomlinson basically pushing the Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman back into the running back on a, on a stretch play. And you don't see that every day from a defensive tackle in the league outside of Aaron Donald. And for Dalvin Tomlinson to, you know, have that punch, have that strength, but also have the footwork to be able to get around tackle, get, I mean, get around blocks and, uh, have the hand placement to be able to, you know, do what he wants with the opposing off offensive lineman. I, I think that's 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 a rare combo that you see in this in the, in the league today, and I think that all is accredited to his his high school background. I mean, he was a soccer player in high school, as well as a three time state champion wrestler in high school, and then adding all of those combined elements to what he did at Alabama, starting in his senior year, winning the national championship, to playing all every single game. Uh, in his four-year stint with the New York Giants, I, I think the, this Minnesota Vikings have a still in that pick. We all know he was the number one interior defensive lineman free agent available, according to PFF. And 
man, I, I think he is going to be a, a complete stud. I'm looking forward to talking to him today. Like, I, I know he's a, a very unique guy. So he gives Stephen Weatherly a, a run for his money as far as the most interesting guy on the Minnesota Vikings now. Yeah, I hear he's a pretty big uh, member of the community. At least he was in New York. He was the man of the year honoree for the team last year. And I saw that video that Ben Lieber posted on Twitter. And what really stands out to me is the quickness of the feet, the way he's able to get off the ball right when the ball is snapped and have that impact on the opposing offensive line. I think it's something that you cannot teach. And it's something that you do not find in every defensive tackle three technique in this league. And looking back at some of the uh, past people at this position for the Minnesota Vikings, you look back to a Sheldon Richardson who really had this ability as well, uh, but he was more of a guy who got after the quarterback rather than a run stuffer. The The player that I'm going to throw out there, Jay, that I can really compare to Dalvin Tomlinson, he comes from the New York Giants later in his career as a, I don't know, mid-level free agent to the Vikings. Reminds me of somebody named Linval Joseph. That is correct. You know, that was the first thing I thought of, too, just seeing the size, the speed, the ability to kind of stuff the run and to help control the line of scrimmage. That was the very first person I thought of, just the parallels of snagging another good defensive tackle from the New York Giants. I was, I, th- I think there's a lot of hope knowing what we got last time. If you can replicate that or get better, uh, that's going to be absolutely monstrous for this defensive line. And for me, I just look at this and say, if Dalvin Tomlinson, and you can start to pair that with a, a, a Michael Pierce, and then you're looking at, you know, who we'll see what happens here with the Daniil Hunter situation, but you're talking about if you can get those three guys and then try to plug in and figure out what's going to happen on that other side with whether it's Wanham or Weatherly or somebody else that, that even potentially we pick up coming up here, whether it's the draft or even more in for agency, you know, that idea of being able to stuff the line, control the line of scrimmage, possibly have to push running backs and, and any kind of sweep motions to the outside and allow our linebackers to do what they do best. I, I think this is a, a complete game changer. I think there was 2,151 yards allowed rushing last season. And I think if you can completely shore up that defensive line better than we had last year, that's a complete game changer for this defense and for this team, period. So any of those one-score games hopefully will be a, a little more flipping of the field for for us defensively. And um, I, I, I'm really excited about Delvin Tomlinson and what he can do pairing up with the rest of the interior guys that that we have. So I'm I'm completely stoked for this one. I was really happy, and then uh, you know these other moves happened as well last night, and it's just it's been a bounty of of wealth. It's been very very exciting to watch for agency so far. You start to put your depth chart together and see who's going to be starting where. I know it's super early; it's only March, but um, the last thing I have on Dalvin Tomlinson is I just being from New York. I follow some of the things that the New York Giants do, and the legendary Carl Banks does their uh, film review on Giants.com. And I saw a film review from literally a few months ago of the impact that Dalvin Tomlinson had on this Giants defensive line. And it's unbelievable. You can go catch that on Giants.com. He literally is an impact player in the pass rush game as well as the run defense game. And you don't find that in every defensive tackle. Limbaugh Joseph is probably one of the best uh, comparisons in that regard, the way he was a couple years ago. Last point I have to make is Andre Patterson literally handpicked Limbaugh Joseph as his player 
that he wanted at the three technique a few years ago when they brought him in uh, to this Vikings defense when they were building it from the jump. It seems like he literally took part in that exact uh, opportunity again at this point uh, in, in the system with the Vikings, Gabe. Like, I feel like Andre Patterson had a big uh, contribution on this decision. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the Linval Joseph comparison makes more sense to why he handpicked uh, Dalvin Tomlinson this year. I mean, the guy, like you said, can play both run. De- he, he's good in the run and he's good in the pass. I mean, last year, when you, when you look at a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, you say, like, okay, the only thing he can do is stop the run. But he had 658 snaps last year and 344 of those snaps, which is about 52%, those came in past situations. So this that's, guy, that's a he's, a, <laughs> he's an every down defensive tackle or nose tackle and can be put, put in on, on pretty much any given play. And that's the kind of flexibility that Andre Patterson wants in his defensive lineman. And the fact that he doesn't have to take Dalvin out or Michael Pierce, uh, I, I feel like that that doesn't bode well for opposing offenses. Like, I, I'm excited. Like, th- this this year is going to be excited, exciting to see. Yeah, that's for sure. And last uh, personal story on Linval Joseph, I was out uh, picking wedding bands this weekend uh, with my fiance, and I sized at a size 11 on my wedding band ring. And she told me that Linval was in there a few weeks ago and sized at size 19. So (laughs) that is a big man, Linval Joseph. So is Dalvin Tomlinson. I am so excited to see what his contributions are. Uh, Literally double the size of my finger. That's insane. (laughs) But (laughs) going forward, let's look at some some, some small moves before we get into the big one. Um, Chad Beebe is brought back to the Minnesota Vikings. He was a restricted free agent. The Vikings did not tender him initially and found a way to get him back on a one-year deal. Uh, and and I just think this guy is is one that is home, he's, he's homegrown within the system. He was a walk-on tryout guy who made the team as a as a total underdog. And I just love what he brings to to the special teams unit. I love what he brought in that game against the Carolina Panthers when he muffed the punt and then catches his first ever career touchdown in the NFL to win the game from Kirk Cousins. Uh, clearly, this is a, a good move on all sides of the ball, Jay. Like you said, he's kind of the the homegrown talent. You gave him a, a tryout here. Everyone knows about the whole thing with his dad, but he is somebody at this point that has earned every step that he's gone. And I think the fact that they were willing to bring him back, even at a reduced rate, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the league with the salary cap. We've talked about this over and over again. But I think the fact that Chad was willing to come back here for another season and the team was willing to bring him back just to say like, hey man, things have been going well. Things have been going good. We appreciate your contributions. Let's do this again and see what happens for one more season. I think it's it's a win-win across the board for everybody. And I've said it before in some of these other situations with some of these players, they're betting on themselves, especially these guys that are signing these one-year deals. They're looking at you know, the speculation that the, the salary cap is going to go up next year. And for a lot of these players that are signing one-year deals across the league, the idea is ball out this season and you know that you're going to be taken care of next season. For a guy like Chad Beebe to bet on himself, he's done it his entire career here with the Vikings. And I think this is just another example of the team understands what he can contribute. He understands what he means to this team. And uh, that's why he's willing to give it another go for another year. So I'm happy that Chad's back in this building. Last move to cover before we get into the the move of the day. It is Rashad Hill gets brought back as a swing tackle. Uh, He's played in big games for the team. He's played both the right and left tackle. 
in playoff games, in big moments when injuries happen. So, Gabe, Rashad Hill coming back, you, I mean, are you are you a fan of this move? I, I, I think it just brings depth to, to the offensive line. Yeah, I think any any team would be excited to have Rashad Hill. And, of course, the Minnesota Vikings are. I think anytime you can get depth at the O-line position, that is the most needed position in the NFL. So for the Vikings to get more added depth and the guy who is a veteran at that position, I think that only adds – value to everyone else i mean you only as i mean we hear it all the time starters are only as good as their backups so rashad hill let's say he is a backup right i mean he's only going to make the starter that much more better or if he is a starter he's going to push the backup to continue to make him better so i think overall it is very good for this Minnesota Vikings offensive line. And Rick Dennison, I know he's excited about the move also. Yeah, he's a player that came in a bunch of years ago from the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad, and uh, he's only built up every single year he's been with the team, and, and it's really good to see him back. I know he's a, he's a big member of this Vikings locker room as well. With that, we bring in the Patrick Peterson move. I, am, I mean, we touched on it early in the show because we just have to. Whenever a big name comes to the Vikings in free agency, I brought up Sheldon Richardson before on that one-year deal. This is a, a move of that caliber. I mean, you bring in Patrick Peterson at the position where literally I think we needed a veteran the most, the cornerback position in this Mike Zimmer defense. You start to get really excited about what we have compared to last year. I mean, we talked about it before. Eight-time Pro Bowl player, Three times All-Pro, named to the 2010s All-Decade team. He turns 31 in July, so he's definitely at the later end of his career. I think, Gabe, this is just a prove-it year for him. Yeah, it's a prove-it year for everyone. I mean, if we're really being honest, especially coming off of last year, I mean, the the Vikings have to figure this thing out, and they're putting the pieces together to to show uh, ownership, to show Vikings fans that, they are willing to do whatever it takes to figure things out. I mean, um, for, for them to, to put this roster together, it, it is unbelievable how they were able to fit and put pieces in certain places and make it all work with, you know, the, the salary cap being the way it is. But I want to bring up Patrick Peterson. You were talking about him earlier. I, I, I honestly think while Patrick Peterson makes his defense better, he makes Justin Jefferson better also. He's going to be calling Patrick Peterson out in one-on-ones. I mean, this is a guy basically you're saying, okay, if I can – if I can make moves on an eight-time Pro Bowler, I can come out here and make the same moves and make the same plays on these guys that are two or three years in the league. So I, I think Patrick Peterson makes not only Justin Jefferson, but this entire receiver room better. And I think it's going to be so good for this team to have that veteran leadership. I mean, he's so flexible. He played safety a little bit in Arizona. Who's to say he might not play free safety here? I mean, I'm just speculating now. But I think he's so versatile that you can put him on any position on the field and he's going to make everyone better around him. It's a really good point about Justin Jefferson. I know the LSU connection is real because Justin already tweeted about it, um, that he played alongside Patrick Peterson, played alongside his brother, Justin Jefferson's older brother at LSU. So clearly they know each other. And it's a really good point because I remember all the years that you had Stefan Diggs and Xavier Rhodes battling it out. Uh, when Stefan Diggs was a young player in Vikings training camp, and that only made him better. I think the same thing goes for Adam Thielen and Xavier Rhodes as well. The, the, the three of them were always John in practice over the years, and I think it helped everybody um, become better players on both sides of the ball. And speaking of Xavier Rhodes, Mike Zimmer asked a lot of Xavier Rhodes when this defense was really becoming one of the best in the league. 
I think this year he's going to ask a lot of Patrick Peterson to be that number one corner, despite that he's 31 years old. He's one of the best to ever do it at the position. So I'm really excited. Uh, We can go on for days, but let's just wait to see him in the building. And yeah, let's just let's start looking at the depth chart, guys, because I'm I am when you add a three technique and a cornerback, I'm sure Mike Zimmer is excited and I'm sure he's ready to get those guys out on the field uh, for offseason workouts. Hopefully they happen sooner rather than later. (laughs) You just said D tackle and cornerback like people don't understand those two positions go together hand in hand. When you get a good pass rush, it, it makes the cornerback's job easier. When the cornerback is covering well, it gives the defense more time to rush the quarterback. So the fact that they're able to add two elite players at that position, that, that makes this defense so much better. We all heard how crabby Mike Zimmer was at the end of last season with the way the defense performed. The fact that your offense was as prolific as they were, especially putting up yards and points. The fact that you had as many one round or one score games that you lost defensively it just ate him up inside so I'm not surprised that they're going after some of these bigger talent and bigger name free agents I'm just glad that they're able to land them you know there was a lot of discussion about what was going to happen with the salary cap how are we going to make this thing work once again Rob Brzezinski front office and and that his whole crew that deals with this 24-7 they are finding ways to bring in top tier talent and it's awesome just to see it one other point that I wanted to make on Patrick Peterson if you think about one of the things that happened when Mike Zimmer came in this in, in this building when he first got here, he leaned on a guy like Terrence Newman that he knew from the Dallas Cowboys, his veteran leadership, who knew his scheme. I think he's looking at Patrick Peterson to come in here with his talent level to not only, like I said before, expedite the learning for some of these young corners, but lean on him as a veteran to say, you know, there are different ways that you can do this. Yeah, here's everything by the book, but here's some sneaky little tips and tricks that you can do to not only help the team, but help yourself be in better position to play this position. And what better place to learn from a guy who went to eight straight Pro Bowls and has been named to the 2010s all-decade team. So like him coming in here is not only just a a shot in the arm and and some juice in the room to say, we got a top-tier guy who knows how to play this position, but it's also a teaching moment and a a teacher's moment having an extra guy like him come in here and kind of hopefully really expedite the the growth and the learning of some of these other guys in this room. So I think on so many levels, having this is so exciting, not only for the defense, but it should be for the fan base across, across the country and across the world. I'm so excited about the fact that he's going to be a part of this defense. So uh, with that, we're just going to kind of wrap up some of the restructuring and releases that were made in order for the Vikings to bring in all of these fun and exciting players. We're very positive about the players that are on this team right now, so we'll run through some of the things that had to happen uh, to make that possible. Reportedly, Britton Colquitt, the punter, and linebacker Anthony Barr have been working with the Vikings on some restructuring deals. Um, Barr's deal will reportedly uh, be a little less, but, but it will also let him go into free agency earlier rather than later, and then Britton Colquitt just being a good dude uh, we'll probably get the veterans minimum to kick the ball for the Vikings at $1.4 million. Not a bad deal for a veteran like himself. <laughs> Looking at some of the players that had to be released, uh, definitely hurts to say Shamar Stefan, uh, a big part of this defense over the years, has been released along with offensive tackle Riley Reef. 
um, two players on both sides of the ball that had huge impacts on the success uh, of this team over the years. And then we've covered the fact that kicker Dan Bailey and Kyle Rudolph, um, Kyle Rudolph meant so much to the Twin Cities. We covered that uh, in full over the last couple weeks. So you lose some players that are definitely towards the, the latter end of their career, and you gain some players that have been handpicked by Andre Patterson and Mike Zimmer. So really exciting free agency so far. And with an exciting free agency, we bring in an exciting new coach on this Vikings defensive staff. It's senior defensive assistant Paul Gunther, who I said goes back years with the Zimmer family and has great perspective on what he expects from this team heading into the offseason workouts. All right, well, welcome back, Vikings fans. And with that, Gabe and I bring in our special guest. It's Vikings senior defensive assistant, Paul Gunther. And I'm super excited that you're joining the staff because I know you go back pretty far with the Zimmer family. So give us a story of your time in Cincinnati with Coach Zimmer and Adam Zimmer. Uh, True, there's there's a lot of stories to be told. I mean, we've been through a lot of stuff together, whether it be – off the field, on the field. I think we did a, a, a series of hard knocks together one or two times, actually. So uh, there's been a lot of stories. Uh, it's, it was a pleasure to work with him back then, both guys, and I'm excited to be back here uh, working with him in Minnesota. Coach, 13 years in Cincinnati. Of course, you spent two years before that in Washington. But last three years, you were in Las Vegas, and now you were with the Minnesota Vikings. What, what brought you to this point right now to the Vikings? Um, I just think, um, you know, when, when when Coach gave me a call and said he was interested in having me come out here, uh, it was something that I felt good about. I feel good about how he runs his program. Uh, I know uh, the values that he has, um, you know, how he runs the team, how he treats the players, how he treats the coaching staff. I was really familiar with that, and I was comfortable with that. And I was really excited because I think they have a good team here. They have a chance to – they had a lot of young guys play last year, and, uh, they, you know, they had really good success on offense – and some young guys playing on defense. We got some guys back here where um, they can make a splash uh, here this coming year. So you spent six seasons with Coach Zimmer and, and obviously the whole family there in Cincinnati. At the time, did you know that that Mike was going to become a head coach in this league? Uh, without a doubt. I mean, you, you, could just, you could just see the respect that the players have for him, uh, his knowledge of the game, his motivational tactics. Uh, just everything. You, you could see that uh, even as a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati, that it wasn't going to be long uh, if we had success there that he was going to, someone was going to knock on his door and ask him to be the head coach. So it probably took a little bit longer than it should for him, in my opinion. But uh, he's an excellent head coach um, nonetheless. What about Adam, though? Adam Zimmer. I think when you first met him, he was early 20s. Now he's, you know, transitioning to a, a co-defensive coordinator. Talk, I mean, just talk about seeing him grow in, into the role he is in now. Yeah, I mean, he he had he had been coaching some different spots. Uh, I think it was Kansas City and New Orleans when Mike and I were in Cincinnati together, and he had an opportunity uh, for the one year before Mike came here to be on the staff. So I got to work closely with Adam. He's very knowledgeable um, of of the system, um, and just you know, throughout the time when I was went to when they came to Minnesota and I stayed in Cincinnati and then went to Vegas, you could see. Uh, the knowledge base grow with Adam uh, just sitting here in a meeting room with him and going through some of the adjustments and scheme scheme adjustments that we're talking about here in the offseason. So uh, he's grown tremendously as a coach, and I'm glad to be working with him. Nick Vigil, you guys added him to the roster, a linebacker who you probably took 
part in drafting as a third-round pick a few years ago in Cincinnati. So what does Nick kind of bring to this Vikings defense, and why did you want to bring him here uh, to Minnesota? I just think Nick's a guy, um, you know, we obviously drafted him in Cincinnati. He started early on in his career there. Um, he can play all three of the linebacker positions. He's very smart. Um, he's He wore the green dot for us at times in Cincinnati. So it's a guy that can communicate really good. Um, he understands what we're doing. So it's obviously with the lack of an offseason or, you know, the shortness of an offseason, he's going to know what, what we're doing um, pretty, pretty quick. So uh, he's a guy that kind of got mixed up a little bit, maybe with a coaching change in Cincinnati, um, went this for LA with the chargers for a year and he became free. And uh, he's a guy that I always liked. Uh, you can rely on him. He's a very good player. Uh, he can, he's, he's versatile. He can play on special teams. So it's a val valuable guy to have in the program. Coach from, from being, you know, hands-on, right. I mean, as a head, I mean, your last season at uh, your Senius college, you were a head coach there and then you were assistant coach in Washington and you, you worked your way up in the NFL ranks to becoming the defensive coordinator last year for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like now that you're the senior defensive assistant, what about the mental process changes now for you? Oh, nothing really. I'm, you know, I, I, I told here, I told Mike that I'd come here and help him win. I mean, whether, you know, whether it's working with any levels of the defense, a scheme, um, a scheme, a situational thing, a clock management thing, whatever it may be that I can help out the team win. That's what I'm here to do. So obviously calling the defense for the last eight years as a coordinator, um, you have a real good feel for, you know, maybe some of the things that are problem areas or, uh, quick fixes that you need to fix on Sundays or maybe during the week, something comes up that, Hey, I've been through this before. It's, it's an easy fix. Let's, let's look at it this way. And um, it's a different uh, set of eyes and ears and those type of things around the players. So um, that, that to me is what, what I'm here to do. Uh, whatever Mike asked me to do and, and to help this team win. Could you talk about just the, your mental process as far as like changing teams? Like we hear players talk about changing teams. And I mean, I saw a clip the other night, Blake Griffin accidentally cheered for the Detroit Pistons when, when the other team dunked. So like for you, like watching a new team on film, like what does that process look like to say like, okay, like I'm watching the Vikings, not the Raiders. Right. right. It, it, it is different at first. I mean, you're, you're, you're really just trying to get familiarized with the, with the players on the team. Uh, you know, we do watch a lot of the Vikings, uh, defense the last uh, years when I was in Cincinnati and in Oakland because our schemes are so similar. So you're familiar with those guys and what they're doing. So, you know, our players can watch and say, yeah, I know where, where he's supposed to be, where this guy's supposed to be. So I, I was familiar with their personnel, but just some of the uh, younger guys that I wasn't quite as familiar with, that was, that's, that's been fun to sit and watch the cutups of those guys, whether it be the corners or the linebacks or even some of the D line guys, the young guys that have been playing, uh, a lot here as a rookies and first year players. So it's been fun that way to get a knowledge base of their, their, their abilities and their skill levels, what they can do good and what positions we can put them in to succeed. One thing that stands out to me is just listening to coach Zimmer and his press conferences, he'll bring up talking to Bill Parcells and getting some advice. And, and the reporters always ask like, what is it that you guys talked about? I think it was last year or the year before where he said, I gave, coach Paul Gunther a call over at the Las Vegas Raiders and and had some some chats about whether it was advice or just friendly whatever it was what does that mean to you to be in coach Zimmer's circle and now he brings you in on his staff well I, I just you know obviously it's 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 good to be close to I me mean, he's he's taught me a lot uh, of football as being an assistant with him in Cincinnati I owe him a lot of credit for that so you know just working aside aside with him in the defensive room 
um, helping them out with, with whatever, maybe it could be some of the team thing, whatever it is. Um, I kind of understand what he's thinking about and the, what he's trying to get to as far as the next step of things. So uh, we've always shared ideas, whether it be during the season. We get together a lot during the summer. Uh, he goes down to a ranch in Kentucky. I'll go down there for a few days, and we'll get the grease board out and film and, and go through it and dissect it and, and compare and contrast ideas. And it's always a good thing to have a guy to bounce off. It's not a better guy than him to bounce off some different ideas. What's it like hearing the play call when he when he's calling it on game day and you got to either get one of the players ready or you hear something getting yelled at you through? What is that experience like? Everyone wants to know what that's like. Uh, oh, you know, if, he, if he's doing the right thing, Mike's going to, you know, pat him on and say, hey, you're doing the right thing. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But if, if you're if you're not used, you know, this is a technique-based defense, an effort-based defense, and so there's some things that are non-negotiable. So you have to be able to play the techniques the right way and, and when the techniques aren't played the right way, that's when that's when Mike goes off sideways a little bit. So, uh, um, you know, as a position coach, you know, I may have to call down to the players, say, hey, calm down, go to the next play. You're only as good as your next good play. Don't worry about the last bad one. So uh, uh, that's what Mike's uh, always been good at, whether he's been a coordinator as a head coach. He's been able to hold the players accountable, which I think is very important to be successful in the NFL. Another important reason for success for you is, I guess, finding a new home and getting accustomed to Minnesota. So how has that process been for you? It's been great. I think it's a, a, a beautiful place to live. Obviously, uh, I'm coming from Las Vegas, I came in about a month ago when I think it was like minus 15 or something. <laughs> and it took the breath away from me when I came out of the airport. But, uh, um, you know, the weather's t- uh, turned nice here. And uh, it's a very nice area, good place to live, beautiful place. And uh, the facility we have here is second to none. Um, the organization's second to none, and I know they're all in on winning So and doing it the right way along the way. So, again, I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to get started uh, with OTAs, training camp, and then the season. Last question for me. You obviously have been to U.S. Bank Stadium. You've seen a game with fans there. I, I mean, what is it going to be like to have fans back in the building and to be on the side of the purple? I, w- I will say this. it is. This is a tough place to play. It is loud. Uh, it, it, it's ornery. Uh, coming here from a, another team, you know, those horns blow, the, 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 the horn, the Viking horn blows, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you leave the stadium, you're like, you hear that horn for the last, the next three days after the game. So um, it's definitely a home field advantage. We're hopefully we can fill the stadium up by the time the season starts and we can get our fans back in. I'm sure the fans are excited to come back and watch live football and be a part of a, a, a winning season here with the Vikings. Yeah, looking forward to it, Coach. Looking forward to winning season. Looking forward to your contributions to this defense. In the meantime, stay safe. Appreciate it, guys. All right, guys. Well, thanks again to Vikings senior defensive assistant Paul Gunther. I learned a lot. Um, he brings a great perspective to the Vikings coaching staff, um, one that Dom Capers um, brought last year as that senior defensive assistant. I love how Mike Zimmer likes to bring in uh, these minds across the NFL who bring – Uh, their own spin on what's going on uh, with the Vikings defense. So with that, we go into just the entire NFL free agency. There has been news all around the league this week. It'd be really tough to cover it all. Um, But in my opinion, the biggest story has been Bill Belichick and what the New England Patriots have done so fast as free agency has started. I think they spent like $256 million reported dollars um, in two days. Clearly, Coach Belichick is pretty upset that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Gabe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you 
signed two top tier tight ends and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, it, you're you're basically trying to make a statement. I was reading breaking news line for the for uh, on ESPN, and it basically said the Patriots have spent uh, up north of 100 million in guaranteed money on their free agent signings already this year. And I, my biggest signing that I think is that will go under the radar but will be beneficial to their team is Jalen Mills from the um, Philadelphia Eagles. Like I think he brings so much value to that team. And they put it this way, Bill Belichick knows how to get the most out of his salary cap and get the most out of the players that are playing for him. And like I told Jay, I mean, having seven guys opt out last year and getting uh, two starting old linemen back on top of signing Cam Newton for one year for 14 mil, like all the pressures on Cam Newton, like the, the pieces are there now. Uh, Bill Belichick has built the team around you. Maybe they address a running back in the draft, but what they have done in free agency thus far is, is a win now. They signed like an entire roster. Like they signed two wide receivers in Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar uh, who have played in totally big games um, from Super Bowls in the past couple seasons um, with the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Then, I mean, you make a huge signing in Matthew Judon outside linebacker four years 56 million dollars was the reported contract Dietrich Wise a defensive end uh I mean you could just go down the list you uh, Gabe you touch on Jalen Mills we know that the safety position has always been a key in the Bill Belichick defense so clearly he's trying to fill that position as well it's it's just unbelievable what they've been able to do in such a small amount of time and I think it's pretty funny because I went to school there in New England at the University of Massachusetts, and a lot of the Patriots fans, Jay, have become Buccaneers fans, and they just dropped their entire loyalty to their old team. And now I see some of them getting all excited about these free agent acquisitions, and I can't keep up, man. I, I don't know where, where, their, where their passion lies anymore, whether it's Brady or New England. Corso, your your Jets green is oozing out of your ears right now. I, I can see it just on your face here. I know this is this is just you're just reveling in this whole thing happening. I, I think the biggest thing for me at this point with the Patriots is looking at this is this is so atypical of what they usually do. They're usually a build through the draft, maybe one or two big free agent acquisitions, and they just kind of ride or die with what they had. And I think. This type of massive overhaul, especially in offense, that's the thing that jumps out to me. Yeah, you brought Cam back for one year, $14 million, but you went and got essentially two of the top tier tight ends in Hunter Henry and John Smith. And then you said the two wide receivers and Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, like one of the discussions Gabe and I were having is saying like they have no room for, for complaints anymore. They are loading up again here on weapons, especially on the outside and, and what this does is this gives them the ability then to have a little bit more of that explosive offense instead of trying to control everything with run the, run the ball, whether it's Cam running the ball or even the, the, their backfield. They now have the ability, at least on paper with some of these acquisitions, to be more explosive like they were in the past when you know Brady would chuck it up and they just run underneath it. So I think this is, this is Bill kind of going, yeah, I'm not doing what we did last year plus all the opt-outs and everything else. This is Bill is not a spring chicken anymore. He's getting a little bit older, plus he's the GM and head coach. So if he really wants to, you know, just definitively throw his thumb stamp on this roster and try to change this team over and have a big change from 7 and 9 to a playoff run again, 
this in his mind is how he's going to do this because it helps expedite the process. So I'm really curious to see what they do in the draft, how they supplement this stuff and set themselves up for the future. But man, this is an absolute haul so far and free agency has just begun. And Justin, lastly, Justin Bethel, I think that's an underrated sign. Also, he's a three-time pro bowler, two-time all pro. Um, he resigned with the New England Patriots on three for three years, $6 million contract. And that is, like, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how Belichick does does this thing. Like, how do you get Justin Bethel to sign three years, six million? Like, that is unheard of. And I, I guess a, a shameless plug is I played Justin Bethel three times in college, and he, he's, he's the real deal. And I think the Patriots, he will pair well with um, – Marsh with Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore on the other side for the Patriots. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Some of these players that literally take these deals with the Patriots just to come back to that organization. So clearly they are the story of what is going on in free agency. I think every single member of the NFL media has tweeted out jokes about how much money that Bill Belichick has spent in, I think, 48 hours. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. Um, another big story on the docket is what is going on with all of these quarterback contracts. We we called it out a few weeks ago. The quarterback carousel was going to start spinning, and Dak Prescott reportedly gets finally gets his $160 million four-year contract. Um, $126 million guaranteed is what was reported. I think it's about time this guy got his due, Gabe. Like, I, he, every single time that he had to bet on himself and not get paid – he just put up a better and better year stat-wise, and it took him getting injured and the Dallas Cowboys having absolutely no other option for the for them to say, all right, we're going to pay this guy. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. If I, I feel like if he had not have gotten injured last year, it probably would have took his stock down, even though he was on pace uh, to throwing, six, throwing for 6,000 yards this past season before he got hurt. Um, I'm, I'm glad he got his money. I, Personally, I know you know this not a, this isn't a subjective podcast. I, I still think it's a little premature that he got that, but I'm happy for him. And um, it's just more pressure now on him, especially in Dallas. Like you got the star in your helmet, and you got that contract. Yeah, you you got to start winning now. And Cowboys fans aren't going to be happy with any more eight and eight, seven and nine seasons. The guy who filled in for him when he was injured was Andy Dalton. Uh, he was a backup quarterback for Dallas last year. Didn't have the best season um, later on in his career. So the Chicago Bears go and sign him um, to a one-year deal, which is obviously something that impacts uh, a team we played twice this season, Jay. So what do you think about this move, and how do you think he fits in with the Chicago Bears offense? I think uh, when it comes to the quarterback controversy in Chicago, this is just adding another chip onto that piece. I think they've had... For years now, it's been the Trubisky, non-Trubisky. Um, you had Foles in there as well, and now you add Andy Dalton to this mix. I think the 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 joke forever, and we've said it for years and years and years, is if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. So I think with the Bears, it's going to be a competition again. They're bringing in a guy like Andy Dalton who has the experience. And here's the thing. They, they franchise-tagged. Allen Robinson, the second, um, you, you've got Mooney, you've got weapons on this. You, you, you know, drafted the the tight end last year. Like they have weapons, but at the most critical position, they're still unsure of what's going to happen here. So I think this is the bears trying to add in another piece and just say, man, something's got to rise here. I think a guy like Andy Dalton, who's been used to having 
big time playmakers on the outside when he was in Cincinnati and now down in Dallas having to fill in for Dak that that wasn't necessarily he had weapons but it just didn't pan out like it did when when they had Dak so I think for Chicago it's going to very much be a prove it um, type season and um, I think for for us at least within the division you're seeing now multiple quarterbacks that have been moved around here between them and Detroit and um, I think with Chicago it's it's gonna have to be another wait and see offseason to see what actually pans out yeah I think Vikings fans were extremely excited when they saw um, Andy Dalton sign to the Chicago Bears um, I think that is something that we can all rejoice I mean we all know the Chicago Bears are a very, very good defensive team. But, yeah, could have been worse, right? I I mean, for me, I love it. <laughs> for the Vikings, I, I just think he's just such a quarterback that has already, already hit his peak. I don't think there's much more um, that he has to offer from from just improving his game. I, I think that is, has come and gone. Uh, obviously, there's a lot that needs to be decided there in that front office from Mitch Trubisky to Nick Foles. Uh, I just think that there's so many obstacles that they're going to have to pick from. I think this adds another one onto it, just like Jay said. So um, I don't mind the move from a Viking standpoint. I think it only um, helps our cause. And, and I don't know when that quarterback situation is going to be figured out in Chicago, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, looking at another, probably the last big uh, free agency note that we have here is the offensive linemen. Like they have been getting paid all over the league. Whether it's 33-year-old Trent Williams, um, who announced that he reportedly agreed to terms with the San Francisco 49ers on a six-year, $138 million contract that would take him almost to the age of 40. Um, Clearly, he's established himself in the league as one of the best um, at the position. And then you look at Joe Thune, uh, who signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, clearly looking for a big-time player on the offensive line after what you saw uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush in that Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes pretty much running around the field. Uh, I think Joe Thune helps out the cause there. Uh, Jermaine Afadi signs with the Chicago Bears as well. So a lot of teams, uh, they might be strapped for cash, Gabe, but they're still throwing out the money when it comes to the offensive linemen. I'm only going to speak about Trent Williams here just from being, having an opportunity to work with him two years in Washington. And he by far deserves every single penny that he got. Um, He is, in my opinion, the best left tackle in the NFL. And I'm sure almost, like if you ask Rick Spielman that today, he would probably say the same thing. Like Trent Williams deserves every single penny, especially all the things he had to to go through with the the surgery on his head, not not being able to, not knowing if he was going to be able to play football again, to having a dominant year last year in San Francisco. it made the most sense for him to stay there, and I'm glad he got his money. I'm glad he's not in our division, and go Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love when you when you have perspective on players like that uh, that you spend time with Washington. Like I mean, when you talk about what Adrian Peterson meant in that locker room, and Trent Williams is another one. Like whenever there were any rumors about the Vikings getting involved with Trent Williams, I was like so excited. Uh, because I think he would be one of the most valuable additions in the NFL to our roster. But uh, clearly he got a big-time contract, and clearly the offensive line position, especially the left tackle position, is one that is valued by NFL GMs around the league. 
With that, that'll do it for episode number 84 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Thanks again to Jay and Gabe for providing insight on every single move that has been made by the Vikings and that has been made within the NFL. And a special thanks uh, to one of our best guests in a long time, Paul Gunther, who, like I said, has a just an awesome perspective on what he will bring to the Vikings defense and a perspective on the Zimmer family working with them so many years in the past. Um, A few notes here to keep an eye on. Lindsay Young of Vikings.com, she has another edition of Getting Open this week. It's special guest cornerback Harrison Hand, uh, who talked about his own experiences working through the grieving process from close personal losses and his association with a ton of different initiatives outside of playing on the field. Uh, He had My Cause, My Cleats that really supported this initiative and works with a ton of different um, community uh, organizations on this topic. So really good long form from Lindsey Young. Uh, That's getting open. You can find them all on Vikings.com and all of the Vikings platforms. And make sure to catch the Vikings Vantage uh, in which Gabe Henderson and myself um, host that show coming up this week. We have Matthew Collar on the show from the Purple Insider, one of our special guests. And next week, we have NFL Insider Adam Kaplan, who's joining the show uh, for a free agency special that will air on KFAN on Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. That's next Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. before the Minnesota Wild game. You will have a free agency-themed Vikings Vantage with Adam Kaplan, who has been covering the league for just about decades um, and really brings a good perspective to what the Vikings are doing um, in the front office. So thank you guys again for joining the show. Thanks again to Paul Gunther, and we will see you next week.